Good evening. Welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm your other co-host, Priya Samstar. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's a pretty chilly evening. I told you last week fall was coming. You didn't believe me. Yes, it, it is amongst us, right? It's okay. Upon us. Upon us. It's okay. You're headed to Houston in a few weeks. So. Dallas, that's right. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I can't wait for that. It's going to be nice. Actually, you know what, though? Who knows? Because the last, last year when I went in October, it was... It was pretty cool. And my cousins always say, you live in Minnesota. It's not cold to you. It's like, <laughs> yes, it is. Well, that's actually really interesting. A couple of years ago, I went down to Houston for uh, a bowl, the Gophers Bowl game. I They're playing, I think, in the Meineke Bowl game. And it was like 54 degrees. I'm like, this is Texas. Yes. It's supposed to be warmer than this. Yeah, no, I, I think people kind of get uh, Florida and Texas mixed up because it does get cool in Texas, it's it's not an uh, eighty ninety year round. Yeah, but it's not eighty ninety year eighty ninety degrees uh, year round. No, no it's, but I want it to be sixty seventy. It should have you depending on when you call it though in the year. You know you have it wacky was like weather between Christmas and New Year's. See, it depends because like uh, this year, you know they average I don't know eighteen twenty uh, hundred degree days, and this year my cousin said you probably could count on one hand. How many days? What should I expect from a state that gets snows, snow, like two inches of snow and then shuts Shut down? Shut the whole city down? Absolutely. No doubt about it. You know, and, and, and today, Priya, uh, we have, an, and we want to thank everybody for joining us and calling us out at 651-989-5855, as they call that call in number, excuse me. Uh, we've had a wacky week, of course. Every yes. week, especially during this administration is... Uh, oh, stop oh, it. i just telling the truth, telling the truth to Shane the devil. During this administration, every week is something, leaves something to behold, uh, which is why we got the most interesting guests today, uh, because we got a wide perspective, your perspective, and the two gentlemen, you know, you're the only lady in the room today. I am. And um, uh, uh, I think that having those different perspectives are great. But when you think about uh, Trump, uh Engaging the NFL more than he's engaging uh, what's going on with uh, Putin or what's going on with uh, Kim Jong-un. Um, See, that's a problem with men right there. They automatically assume that all other men can't multitask, but women can. He's proven that he can't. You can, but he's proven that he can't multitask pretty well. I mean, what is he, a three-time loser? He can't. Well, actually, he can multitask because this is a he's a known uh, uh, adulterer. So he can. He, he, he can't. Oh, Stan, we need like a rim shot here. Yeah. Boom, Did boom. you hear that? <laughs> Where's the rim shot? So he can multitask, yeah. So, I mean, but seriously, how do you engage You engage uh, the NFL and then not, what, 12 or 13 tweets, and then not say one thing about Puerto Rico, okay, the whole time, any of your tweets, and then you decide to insult um, Puerto Rico's mayor by calling her nasty, now, now, you cannot, like, mix the two together because they happened on different weeks, first of all. Again, Second, a multi, uh, he's a pr- he's Second, the president. CNN he, had no problem. Here we go, talking about CNN. Here's the thing, though. When are they, are they the president? There was a sh- shooting at a church in Antioch, Tennessee. I turned on CNN to see what happened at that shooting because six people got shot. One person was dead. Guess what CNN was, wasn't talking about? CNN wasn't talking about the shooting in Antioch, uh, Tennessee. They were talking about taking a knee during the national anthem. Uh, Priya, it's what's 
prevalent and because Donald and a, Trump, and a shooting isn't and, prevalent well, where somebody lost their life. A mass shooter walks in to a church filled with old elderly people, starts shooting them up. Six of those elderly people are shot. That's unfortunate. One of them is dead. That's and definitely the reason that that elder that that shooter was taken down was because the usher was packing heat. That's, That's definitely unfortunate. It, it is. However, it's... Because I seem to remember in Charleston, I, 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 that got wall-to-wall see, coverage. See, here's, here's the thing, though, and, and you're doing a good job of it, too, just like most Republicans. You're whitewashing the fact that it's Donald Trump that's kept the NFL and his disrespect of those players in the news, Priya. He yeah, is, but it's also the news media's job to can, talk can I, can about relevant information. How do you keep anything relevant when the free, supposed leader of the free world wants to continuously talk about disrespect of the flag and calling these guys SOBs when he's supposed to be engaging perhaps the shooting out there or perhaps Puerto Rico? But this is a dude that's so narrow-minded and feeble that he wants to focus on Shining the light on himself, because that's what he thinks that he was elected to do, was to shine the light on him, of course, because he doesn't have 50 states to run. No, he doesn't worry about that. He wants to worry about attacking a guy that's unemployed and players that are peacefully protesting, standing up, exercising their their free their First Amendment right, which he talks about so prevalent. Until, yeah, but the NFL doesn't always doesn't respect like First Amendment rights. This is a league that you find I find myself uh, defending now. I, I, I know, right? I, the NFL I, doesn't respect uh, First Amendment rights, only when it's convenient for them. Because but they aren't the, they aren't the president. Because I've got a New York Post opinion um, from the editorial board of the New York Post here, dated September twelfth, two thousand sixteen. What's up with the NFL's double standard on free speech? Because when five cops got shot and killed in Dallas, they wanted to wear the decal, and the NFL said no. Peyton Manning wanted to wear socks when when Johnny Unitas died. Again, you, I'm not going to find anniversary of nine eleven. I, I the find myself. They said to, no. Uh, they said no. Uh, yes, absolutely. We have a hypocritical league again Priya again quit, quit missing the elephant in the room Roger no. Goodell is only the he's only commissioner of a of a league that's yeah, around six months a year he's he was not elected president of the United States but here's the thing why are that's they no only, thing. why are they only standing up for free speech now is it because they hate Donald Trump it's, and they yes want? it's well he uh, listen you're talking about a league it? that seven owners gave a million dollars a piece for so most of the owners including my favorite is no doubt a Trump supporter in fact go back to the article where Jerry Jones apologized to Donald Trump for doing what he did. He apologized for it. That's how much of a fan he is of, of Trump. But you found the league having to defend his his league because you found the president talking about, well, oh, this is a league that's going to hell now. They should just, you know, the league is just going to hell now. He thinks that because he, I've never, ever, ever, ever in my life, ever, and I'm only 39. I know that's 39 short years. But I've never seen a president ever so much engaged only his base. You could never, ever, I could, I cannot say that George Bush, him, his father, uh, uh, Reagan, they don't, they didn't engage their base until like they were running for re-election. Other than that, they thought that it was important that they engaged the, um, the country. I mean, President Barack Obama did very well at engaging his base. He seemed to ignore Republicans half the time. I mean, even to the point where he sat there and basically called Fox News fake news. He would sit there and make fun of Fox News while giving credibility to the rest of the news media, even though Fox News is one of the leading news channels on cable. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah, look, let me let me give an alternate. This is Walter Hudson, by the way. I 
just going to chime in here uninvited because I'm here physically. physically he present. is here physically, and our my co-host is currently choking on air. So. He's, he's, he's choking on his uh, lack of rationality. Uh, he'll, he'll, he's going to come back and get me on that. No, I, I'm actually going to take a counterpoint to you, Priya, actually, on, on the whole um, NFL free speech thing. Free speech is not at issue here. It's just not. Be, be, let, let's be clear about this. Free speech, the First Amendment, refers specifically to the ability to say what you want absent government reprisal. So mm-hmm. it's about not getting fined, not getting imprisoned because of the content of what you said. The NFL has every right to decide what gets to be said and when and under what circumstances as part of their contractual arrangements with their players, their yep. teams, their owners, their their sponsors, what have you. Uh, they're under no obligation to support a particular point of view or to reject another point of view. Uh, so, you know, the reason why I want to throw that out there is because I feel as though a lot of time has been wasted in this conversation about the take the knee on the issue of who has the right to do what. We all have the right to talk, and there's literally mm-hmm. nobody who's arguing that we don't. I, I can't I can't point to a single individual anywhere in the country who has made the case that you ought to be fined or imprisoned for saying the thing that you said or for doing the thing that you did. Wait, except, for, except for Donald Trump. No, so, he, he said he that said he, he said that they should be taken off the field and fired for kneeling. Those those were his right, words for right. now. Now, I'll so, grant you let, there's 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 two parallel concerns there. One is the appropriateness of the president of the United States saying that in, in his position, which I agree with you, he shouldn't have. But then second, whether or not that actually violates the, the First Amendment, which it doesn't, because him suggesting what the NFL should do does not compel them to do it. Well, you know what? And we got plenty more to argue with on the other side to break, and I promise I won't be choking when I come back. Because <laughs> okay. we got two guys out here that are just as spicy as me. This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Black Republican, Black Democrat. Welcome back. I'm your co-host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samsonar. Get down on it, Priya. You know who this is? Oh, I don't even, I, I'm, I'm done actually. I've heard the song. Yeah, it's uh, plenty of movies. Cool in the game. That does sound familiar. Yeah. It's not a television show, Jamar. <laughs> <laughs> He's dancing over there. This is me every week. It's him every week. This I just want to bring my camera and like set it on him and just right. create a montage. I know. <laughs> we need to go half and have put a camera over here, Walter, so we can have a camera that streams these shows. I was thinking I about agree. that. We really do need a camera that streams our shows. But the thing about it is how we, can, we can't get the uh, callers. Uh, we can't hear our viewers can't hear the callers. We just need to pull aside some of these engineers real quick and, and talk in there a little bit. They can set that up. I'm we sure. do. We, for real, because I would love that. Because I see Walter do and I get a little jealous because I want to stream. Well, no, you know, you want to stream it because some but, people don't listen. Yeah, so that's just me with my cell phone like propped up against right. the computer monitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I do that, I have to I have to know that I'm not going to take a caller for that segment because if I do, oh, it's going to screw it up. That's right? true. That's for true. Okay, exactly okay. the reason you said. Okay. Well, welcome back again. Now uh, I'm your co-host Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samstar. We've got some great guests in today. We do, Priya. You know, we've got Walter Hudson from Closing the Argument with Walter Hudson, which is on every weeknight, uh, nine to eleven here on Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty. So thank you very much for being on. It's real easy. you you know the way here yeah and and we also have noma court who is um a disability mental disabilities advocate um here in the state of minnesota um you currently are serving on the minnesota governor's uh disabilities yeah i actually uh serve on the governor's council for developmental disabilities as well as um, i was recently elected chair of the state committee on children's mental health 
Congratulations. Thank you. And see, people, the thing about it, the reason why Walter is here is because, first of all, I love our friction. And people think all the time, since Walter and I, all, every time we talk, people think that Walter and I hate each other. And I, That's I, because I, people think you don't have any friends that are not Democrats. That's true, too. And then they always, well, then a lot of people assume that uh, uh, because it's with the brothers, you know, brothers always argue that we don't like each other. No, we got power, soul power. No, just kidding. Seriously, Walter and I, but I, that the, the, that's the one thing that I like about Walter is <clears throat> we practically disagree on everything, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we like the hell out of each other. You know what I'm saying? I like, uh, I can call, we'll text, I, especially at night on this show. I hear something while they're saying, I'm like, oh, Lord, I get my phone out and I text. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, dude, right. Dude, he doesn't even call in anymore. He just texts me, <laughs> which isn't very good for production value. I know, because I don't remember, like, oh, I, got his guy, I got his number. So he right, I should call. But then I get to see his, his, um, his screener, his producer, doesn't know who I am. So when I call, I got to say who I am. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could just, like, have something of value to say, and then he'd let you right through. Well, gosh, <laughs> you got to know. I mean, I'm on these airways. So welcome, guys, both of you. We can, Let's get right to it. Number one, as we were saying before the break, before I started uh, my life, I was ended here. Um, <laughs> the thing about me is I found insulting, <clears throat> excuse me, is that this is a guy that's um, never at a loss for words. And uh, how he can attack. I, and you And you were right, Walter. You're talking about Donald Trump now, who's the one who's lost for words. Yeah, it's never at a loss for words. words. And how uh, I think that, like Priya said, those, and honestly, quite honestly, I'm going to keep it real with you, Priya. I had not heard about the shooting in Tennessee Mm -hmm. because, you know, was it in Tennessee? Yes, it was Antioch, Tennessee. No, and I hadn't heard about it. And one of the reasons I hadn't heard about it is because every Fox, MSNBC, CNN, everybody is covering what right. Trump is saying about right. the NFL players, the remarks from players. In fact, this morning on MSNBC, they had uh, Pam Oliver, Ray Sherman, just everybody, right? Yeah. <clears throat> I find myself agreeing with all of First of all, I, I, I made a post the other day that I was at my son's high school game last week. He attends Washburn. And um, the National Anthem came on. Now, I was eating, actually. And... Um, the national anthem started playing, and everybody else stood up. And all of a sudden, I looked down from my—I looked up from my eating. Don't mess with a brother in his food. <laughs> and everybody else was standing. The national anthem was playing, and I didn't get up. And I didn't—I uh, didn't feel compelled to get up. My son had asked me a while back, "Was I going to ever stand for the national anthem?" And I said, "Son, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it." He said, "Can I?" And I said, "Well, give me a reason why you wouldn't stand for the national anthem." He couldn't. So we started talking about it, right? And now look what I've done. I, And I don't apologize for it. I don't apologize for it. And I don't think it was disrespectful of the flag. Especially when you have servicemen and women that died just for the reason for me not to stand up. Or to take a knee, take a knee for the flag. That's what this country is about. That's the great thing about this country. Can we examine that premise for a little bit? Absolutely. Because, you know, on one level, I absolutely agree with you. The the men and women who have, have served to protect our rights, obviously the implication of those rights is that we can choose to do something or to not do something, to express ourselves in a certain way or not express ourselves in a certain way. That said, there is a distinct and important difference between recognizing and even fighting for and dying for the right to take or not take a certain action and actually providing your affirmation 
of the of the choice to take a certain action. So in other words, you know, just just because I disagree with the way you choose to express yourself does not mean I'm attacking your right to express yourself. And I think this is something that's been very conflated in the past week where if if somebody says, "Hey, I disagree with what you're doing. I disagree with what you're saying. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's honorable. I don't think it's respectful." that that gets turned into, well, I have the right to do it. Well, nobody nobody questioned whether you have but the right to do it. But some people are doing that, Walter, though. That's the problem. Who? I don't there, know there are a lot of questioning the right to do it. Are you looking at Facebook? Are you hearing some of the people on TV? They are, they are absolutely questioning. And then I had to, uh, oh, gosh, I'm I, sorry I don't have it here. I had Because I seen it yesterday. Someone said that black and brown people should be grateful for being in this country. That infuriated me. Why the hell should we be so grateful? To be in this country, I love America. I'm I have a, an answer to that. Huh? I, I have an answer to that as well. <laughs> yeah, okay, go, go right ahead. I think, and it, it just blows my mind because I am so grateful for to be in this country. Because at one point there was a moment where I might not have been in this country, and I might not have been sitting on the, at this exact table talking to you, talking to Walter, talking to Noah, and having Stan produce. Because my parents were thinking about moving back to a third world country to raise their child. I am so grateful to be in this country. And frankly, I think anyone who lives in this country should be grateful to live in this country because this country is so awesome. And here's the thing. I think people talk about white privilege. Well, I think Americans suffer from something called American privilege, mm. where they're so where they haven't gone anywhere outside of their comfort zone and got, haven't gone outside of this first world um, vacation spots, you know, like the Caribbean, where it's all resort, you know, resort towns. They go to, you know, rich countries like Be China and Beijing. They go to Europe to vacation. They don't vacation in Tanzania. They don't vacation in, you know, a Colombia or Paraguay or Bolivia or like the middle of Africa. They don't vacation there. They vacation at beautiful, rich resorts. So they never have to see the world outside of what it really is. And so they take this country for granted. Well, let me tell you, as a kid that saw moms begging with their little children in the streets at the age of eight, I will tell you that I am so grateful to be in this country because I saw what my parents came from. They came to this country from nothing. Guess what, Priya? It's happening here in this country, too. There are moms, there are black and brown moms that are begging still because they have nowhere to live. There's a homeless population in this country for black and brown people that continues to rise every year. I, listen, I love this country, but how dare anyone tell me how grateful I should be to be in this country without recognizing the some of the atrocities, the, the atrocious atrocity that has gone on in this country on to black and brown people. And then again, to to say that it's a, it's a denigration and a disrespect to the flag, that is outrageous. You know, you, That's outrageous. You tell me all the time that I need to start thinking like a minority and I need yes, to start thinking as a person of color. And I thought about that, you know, this past week after, you know, seeing this conversation about kneeling for the flag. And I have to tell you something. I don't want to think like a minority because minorities have been bred in this country to believe that they're victims. They're victims of something, whether it's the white man, whether it's the education system, whether it's the socioeconomic class, whether it's race relations, criminals, uh, criminal justice system. And while I don't, I, I studied sociology, I studied criminology, and I don't disregard those statements, but there be, those problems are being used as blankets to 
What, Disregard what, a here's ton the thing. of things that you may not want to think like a minority, but sooner or later, Priya, you're going to be treated like one, and you're going. I'm nobody's victim. Wait, I, see, I'm see, nobody's see, victim, what, and that's what, the problem. What's happening is you started thinking like a Republican, and you, so you think that no, every I'm minority, starting to think no, because you that that's a no, typical no, 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 no. Republican remark no, no, to no, think no. that no, minorities no. think of themselves as victim. That is the most ill, typical remark that Republican says. I don't think of myself as anybody's darn victim, and I get tired of Republicans saying so. Mm. It is not the mentality of victims. What happens is Republicans do not look at the reality of what happened to black and brown people. When you start to, and when we do, we can we can have real, honest dialogue. We we don't, because Republicans say, pick yourself up by your straps, your bootstraps. You don't need anything. Yeah, or, or, or because you're black or brown, you're a Democrat. We don't care about what you think. That's the problem. Nobody that I know thinks of themselves as a victim, except for the realities that because you are black and brown, that you are dealt a different hand. And if anyone says any different, I dare you to go to North Minneapolis. I'll take you to some places to see the differences of how white folks live than versus the black man over here. I'm not saying that people aren't dealt different hands people are adult different hands because every of the color of their skin, but so are poor white people there are poor white people out there are there not yeah but let's 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 count the number of poor white people let's talk about the privilege that a white person if a if, if a white person puts on a pair of clothes and dresses itself up pretty nice compared to myself or somebody else that dresses up who's going to get treated better that white guy or the black one especially for the same job at the same level of education who's going to get the job first so the, who's going to get the job first Pierre? You you versus that that what that white person. You being a female, you don't get equal pay as your counterparts. So that's what I'm saying. You talking about it's a victim's mentality. That's reality. It is reality. And until we start dealing with it, we have these problems. Perception yeah. is reality. You know, we'll answer this question on the other side you of the know, you break. Fry it up. This is Twin Cities New- This is Black Republican, Black Democrat on <laughs> Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Welcome back, Black Republican, Black Democrat, Twin Cities News Talk, Twin Cities News Talk dot com. Do you know who that was? He gave you a hint. I'm gonna just assume his first name's Luther. <laughs> Luther Vandross. <laughs> ding ding ding. Yes, Luther Vandross. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, with we we're with our guest Walter Hudson of uh, closing argument that's on a uh, <clears throat> on a nightly basis from nine to eleven here on Twin Cities News Talk and uh, iHeartRadio. Walter as well because uh, he does as well as we do. He has his own channel on iHeartRadio station too. There you go. Yeah. So check him out. Really good dude too. Um, and Noah McCourt, Noah McCourt. Check it out. You can find me on Facebook. I'm oh. fairly loud, anyways. <laughs> this is you. No. Uh, I don't have any opinions. Noah. You're one of the younger Republicans, you and Priya, you, you know, you guys are one of your younger Republicans in here, but you're, you know, more actively involved in the party or, or uh, uh, you gave me that look. I know people are now throwing things at the radio when I said that, right? <laughs> but many people are, I mean, seriously, <laughs> how do you, cause me, I, I think that Republicans do a good job of putting themselves in, in, in a box like this, right? Think being, um, deemed as rich insensitive especially when you look at uh secretary of health uh, human h human health and human services secretary tom price and trump in the champagne cabinet that he has right and then here's a dude that spent over a million dollars with frivolous trips and only offered to pay 53 i think it was what 52000 dollars back personally i feel like i'm really uh under the bar cuz uh, you know i'm i'm not 
if I'm going to be regarded as a Republican and have all the negative connotations of Republican, I might as well have the money. You might. I know, right? <laughs> and I don't. You know, it would be nice to at least enjoy the lifestyle. That's true. Enjoy the privilege. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I guess not. No, so, I, I, would, I mean, I don't think Republicans do a good job of outreach to the black and brown community. What do you think? You know, Jamar, to a point, I agree And try with. to be as honest as you can. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to refrain from that. I might piss a few people off today that I didn't mean to piss off. Um, but, yeah, I would say that, you know, as a party, I think we do have an issue with minority outreach. Um, I, would say that, I would say that in the recent past decade that we have done a lot better with how we approach um, minority outreach and with the creation of our affiliate groups. The issue I have with the affiliates and with these subgroups that are meant to protect people who are minority or give them a kind of a feeling of belonging is that I don't know that they actually really do anything um, to address these issues. They don't. You know, the approach that we've taken seems to me to be, hey, look, we have gays, too. Hey, look, we have blacks, too. And, you know, it's ridiculous. You know what? You sound like me. You know, and so so then we take these, you know, affiliate groups and we parade them around like they just own the place and they don't look i i've been involved in party politics within the republican party since 2010 and i cannot disagree with your characterization um i was involved with uh, a it wasn't an affiliate group but it was an aspiring let's put it this way it was an aspiring affiliate group. right 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 it was a non-profit called the uh, minority liberty alliance okay. which i was actually the the president of for some period of time and the the premise of that organization was to go beyond the hey look we we like minorities too right angle yeah. that you're just talking about and actually engage and one of the things that i tried to, i'll just be real frank with you guys please the the three of you in the room and whoever's listening <laughs> um, not many people what i personally tried to do from the position that i was in both with the people that i was involved with this organization and beyond the organization with the republican party is try to advocate going beyond because what I felt like they were trying to do is they they being establishment conservatives, establishment Republicans, was they were trying to find sift out the minorities that thought like they did. Yes. And bring them into the to the to the pool. Right. To play. Right. right. And I was like, that's not going to work. That's like what, what you need to do is, is you need to actually go out and talk to people. Right. Yeah. You need to get outside of your comfort zone. You need to develop relationships. And Dan Severson was really good about this. Who was the, the uh, heart and mind behind the minority Liberty Alliance. Mm-hmm. Get to know who people are and what they care about. And then talk to them about your principles and talk to them about your values and find out where those align and then listen to how they apply those principles in ways that you haven't thought of before. You know what I'm saying? And that's and they were just people had no patience for that whatsoever. They're like, but when do we get the votes? Was pretty much where they were jumping to. When do we get the votes? And it's like a long time from now. You guys are saying both of what I'm saying, and that's the the, the that's my problem. You know, Republicans well, and- aren't bad and I, I and and not all races and not all rich and all this, right? But it's hard to shake the stigma when you're not reaching out. When you're putting forward people like uh Judge uh, Roy Moore, I mean, you actually are going to elect, huh? You cannot allow, well, I mean, listen, watch your hates when I say the word, you cannot allow. But I'm saying, you've got a guy that thinks uh, uh, that homosexuality, uh, he thinks that homosexuals, uh, I don't want to misquote the dude, what did he say, are damned for hell or... He basically believes, you know, the Southern Christian. No, 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 no. Like in regards to. No, 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 no. Don't blame that. No, I'm saying it's a belief. 
you know, was it, 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 it can be. That's a that's a pretty redneck belief, though. That's, have mean, you have you ever no, been to Alabama? If you, if you, if you, you just talk about, I'm from Texas. If you're just talking about homosexuality as sin, that's a pretty core biblical Christian. No, but he, doctrine. no, 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 no. He's talking about how they, the, the, I, I don't know. I, I, he's probably saying the that they're damned to hell. Which no, is, he said a lot worse. And then he said how 9-11 was a was a. Uh, listen, I, we'll we'll pull up the curse. I mean the 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 quotes. <laughs> the curse. Yeah, because he, he's cursing the Republican Party. We'll pull up the quotes uh, on the next break. But I'm just saying when you have people like that in the party it does nothing but perpetuate how minorities feel about republicans you've got to do better with having like you said walter many ideas that's why no one no one i were talking about before the show is one of the reasons i'm proud to be a democrat is because we welcome whoever you are we can have those arguments about who what you are you know when you become a member but we don't have a litmus test on what you have to be to be a democrat but you do have a very strong litmus test on what you have to believe and what you have to advocate for and, and what you can and cannot say. I, and I've never, I have true. never, ever ran across someone that says that you should believe, you have to believe this as a Democrat. Actually, really? I, I would no, actually, absolutely not. didn't the chair of the DNC just come out and say that you have to support pro- uh, You have to be, be pro-abortion pro if you want to be a Democratic but, candidate. Well, it, and it, even looking at, you know, even coming from the position of someone who does have friends in, you know, in the DFL, in the metro area, and looking at how some of these minority members of that DFL do get treated, there is a certain level of disparity in, in how the DFL de- treats minorities within their own party as Dem- well. Democrats have to do a better job of outreach as well. How many times have I said that mon- Democrats got to quit thinking that we have a monopoly on black folks and brown folks because they vote? We have a relationship with them, but you're, you're misusing the community because you think that you don't have to go out and uh, knock on those doors. To, I got that in the bag. Both parties suck at outreach. Let's take well, a call from John. John, how you doing? Evening, guys. Uh, I just want to make a comment regarding the white privilege. Sorry to go back so far here, but uh, we live in a modern time where not only do you have affirmative action where somebody theoretically less qualified gets a job due to their skin color, but admissions into the U of M, like dental school, takes in 3,000 students a year, and the first uh, 600 students, I believe, are of color, and then they go from there. Um, I just I, I find it very interesting that this has become such a buzzword in a world that it seems like the opposite is occurring for a lot of people. Thanks for the call. It's it's it is inherently problematic when because look the 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 question that you have to ask yourself is what's our goal? Is our goal to actually neutralize? Is it what Martin Luther King Jr. talked about? Is it neutralizing race as a factor in our culture? Or is it continuing to highlight it? Because when you when you use terms like white privilege and you talk about issues in terms of white, black, and, and you categorize it in that way, you're actually perpetuating the, the system of making assumptions about people based upon subjective factors rather than getting rid of it, getting past it, and moving to that, that society of merit, that sort of society of judging people according to their character that was the dream that everybody latched onto. But we don't because we won't admit our prejudices we talked about that we always talk about that yeah. it's people because sometimes a lot of times it's interpreted as racism or bigotry or things like that which is unfortunate which is what this now what our country unfortunately has boiled down to is black and white that's 
the reality. But that's not that's not my reality. That's not the reality in my house. It's not the reality no, in my no, no. church. Walter, it's not the reality in my it, school. It kind of is though, because but it's not you're, you're biracial. All. You're married to a white lady. Right. So so it actually is because uh, you and I had to talk on your show. Um, you look at things differently verse, th- than I do. Now I didn't grow up in the hood. I won't give a sad story as I grew up poor and unfortunate. No, I. My pa- I grew. Did I you like- barely get here today, Jabari? Yeah, I got, you know what I'm saying. I had <laughs> you a dime. Dark. I had to bake with a dime. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I won't. I won't make up those lies because my mom worked for Honeywell. My dad worked for Liberty Carton. So we very middle class, right? But our experiences were different you, because you looked at because your mother was white. Now you said your mom was very very liberal. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we looked at things differently. I asked you, was it easier for you to connect with uh, uh, white students and your wife than it was black people? And Walters, admittedly, that's what I love to do. He said yes. So listen, I'm telling you, we're gonna get. To, oh man, we uh, I can go all day. Right, but, but none of gotta, that. But here's the thing: in order to find that out about me, you had to talk. To wait, me. I had to talk to you. You no couldn't doubt. look at me and be like, no. "Oh, based upon your superficial characteristics, I know your entire story." <laughs> and yet, and yet, that is the premise right. that the identity politics is based upon. Yeah. That there's something about your physicality, your physical characteristics, that tells me everything I need to know about you as a constituent, as a voter, as an American. That's inherently anti-American. Uh, I don't. I don't think identity politics is a failure at a strategy. Um, you know, the DFL has held this state for years as a result of that. And we will continue on this topic um, on the other side of the break. So this is Black Republican, Black Democrat on Twin Cities News Talk and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Twin Cities News Talk. TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Uh, welcome to Black Republican, Black Democrat. I'm your host, Jamar Nelson. And I'm Priya Samson. You're just like losing it over there. I really am. I'm sorry. Watcher and I. Oh, God. There's a whole better show happening. During the break, I swear to goodness, there really is. I wish this was serious radio so things could be, everything during the break could be said. You know, you couldn't. You don't have to watch your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Because we watched a real quick story, funny story, not to my producer. Uh, we had a guy on, we had a, um, a guy that opens up for Dave Chappelle. And I wanted because he does these really good rants on Trump, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, explicit language latent, right? He also so, has his own show on Sirius. Right. Okay. <laughs> so had him on thing was being interesting. So I told, I told Stan, I said, well, we remind the guy that he's not on Sirius Radio, so to watch his mouth, right? Right. Okay, so Stan tells him that. And uh, he makes a joke about it. Oh, your producer tells me, no, this is uh, public radio and I can't swear, right? It's like, no, don't swear. Oh, my gosh. You know, if you ever need a good rant, I have plenty on my Facebook page that are quite available. Oh, this guy here, you, this is, yeah. <laughs> he dropped the F-bomb just really? right out really? there. Oh. So you guys had to block him? or? Uh, well, we, you know, our hair was on fire. Stan was over there. You know, we, you know, you ignore it because it's radio. You know, you right, try right, to right. ignore But I just couldn't believe it. It's like, do we not just go over this with you? Right, right, right. <laughs> do we not just go over this with you? This is not serious radio. All right. Anyway, okay, but at the, the right, so make sure you tune into the post show podcast too as well. Uh, back to what we we're saying though, I think that the, the problem is though, Walter is, and there's not enough Republicans like you and Xavier Bickett that are out there and Noah, you know, mm-hmm. that are open to talking about um, things that are going on that affect um, uh, race relations in this country, you know, and I think that more Republicans. And, and, and I hate to be so uh, atypical because I always text. That's the first thing I'm always telling, telling, texting Walter is stop being so typical and looping us all in a group. <laughs> but I just find it so 
infuriating that not enough Republicans want to have honest dialogue about it. And you're not going to get any argument from me. I mean, look, the that's not good for the show. I, no, I know. No, but but here's, here's the thing. Here's what might be good for the show. You know, last year, as you well know, I was arguably the most prolific never Trump voice yep. in the Minnesota, sure. certainly in the Republican Party of Minnesota. For sure. And part of People my. Hated you. Yeah, and they still do. Yeah. Part of my motivation for that, part of the reason why that's the stance that I took, was because I had been working since 2010 in various efforts and, and, and forms to try to affect what you're talking about. Yep, yeah. And what I saw in the candidacy of Donald Trump, whether, you know, forget, forget our analysis of the guy's intention. Right, right, right. Yeah. What I saw in his candidacy was a major step backwards. That's right. A major, a major step into this this sort of homogenous, uh, sort of white working class identity politics that was borderline. It wasn't on, on the same level. It wasn't the exact same as the alt right, but there was a Venn diagram there, for sure. Right? Like there was some sure. crossover yeah, there. No doubt. You, you, you know what? I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I remember uh, Jason Lewis and I having an, um, the conversation on the show about. Um, and he had the the inference. He was drawing the inference that um, white men were the, the the population of white men was decreasing. Okay, mm -hmm. and so he wanted folks to uh, simulate when they came over here. They should because uh, he wanted to keep the country uh, Anglo. Uh, I always have a hard Anglo Saxon. Well, thank you, goodness. Which I don't even understand what the Saxon part of that. I, I don't like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not it, historically right? literate enough to know what that means. But, Me neither. Okay. Right? It flew anyway. right over my head. Right? Yeah. So. <laughs> But I kept wondering, like, so is that, and I'm not being, I'm not trying to be dumb, but is that what white men believe that, I mean, and I, we do know that the census tells us that the country is getting browner. Mm -hmm. So is that a real, is that, is that what threatens white Republicans and white men that they think that they're, that they're, that uh, white men are shrinking or I mean, I don't know why I'm asking you. You're not white. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, you're like, you need to, you need to invite a white man in. <laughs> no, but I mean, I, I think that. Look, there may in fact be, and I think there's, a, again, this Venn diagram crossover between people who may in fact have some sort of like racial fear, right? That they are losing a, a uh, majority status and the implications of that. But I think the more prominent concern that is, is more dominant within the Republican slash conservative community is that we're risking losing our grasp on Western civilization, that which makes Western civilization what it is, which yeah. unfortunately the alt the lie of the alt right is that there's something inherently racial about that. They don't articulate it like you do, uh, like you just did to watch. And if I could, if I hear that, then I have an understanding of what you mean. And then I don't say that you're bigoted. What you're saying is bigoted. You if they articulated Never, the way no one ever do. accused Republicans of being well spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna this throw that true, out right? there. I mean, no. I mean, the same can be said for Democrats. No as well. doubt, no doubt, no doubt. And again, let's let me say it again, because I've reached out to my buddy Ken, and I and I'll show you the text message I told Ken too. Ken and I are supposed to have lunch in the next couple of weeks because again, where's the outreach from Democrats year round? I don't see many Democrats in the hood till September of October. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. because that's it's harvest. Right? Exactly. No doubt. You know no what I'm doubt. saying? Like you're not out there. Yeah, they, that's just it. Is they they look at it as let's go get the votes now. Yeah. Which is the exact same problem that the Republicans have. They're yeah. like, how do we get that operation yeah. going? Yeah. And see, they don't understand it. What it does, and the reason that people go back to vote for these same Democrats is because I know. Oh, I I know him. I know Keith. I know yeah. Mary. I, I know such and yeah. such. 
And I don't know ex-Republican because he's never here. And I don't trust us, a black Republican. I don't trust a Republican, period, because we don't know them. I guarantee if a Republican comes in and says, hey, here's my idea to get you out of poverty, Mm -hmm. get you a better education, get you a better job, blah, blah, blah. You could find many black and brown people that listen and say, I don't know, I I think I'm going to vote for that person. That's why Jennifer Carnahan is so exciting as the new chair of the party, because because she did that as a candidate. She's not doing it. She is not. She did it as a candidate, uh, you're right. But I'm so disappointed with it. Listen, I'm trying to get her on. I, I, you know, I don't pull any punches. I'm very disappointed with what she's done since being elected. I have not seen her outreach. She does nothing but defend Walter, uh, Walter Hudson. Love <laughs> she does nothing but defend Donald Trump. And I, I, and I understand what you, as a party chair, what you should do. But I mean, where's the outreach? Let's take this one more call. No, I want to hear you chime in. Let's take a phone call from Don. Don. Yeah. Good evening, guys. How you doing? Great. Thank good. you. Yeah, you know, I ha- I am not white, and I do have a lot of friends that are white and uh, quite a lot of friends that are black. Mm-hmm. And in our own institution, I'm not going to name what it is, uh, they were talking about if somebody, if you're going to invite somebody that's a white person, you just check them out, make sure they're not racist, make sure they're not, like, you know, coming in there talking about, you know, things like I consider stuff that I consider free speech. And and the problem with that, I, ch- I asked a lot of my, I mean, at least two or three of my white friends, I said, hey, what do you think about that? You know what? Um, I'm offended. I'm offended because I really don't, I'm not, do you think me to be a person like that? Do you take me to be racist? No. Because I have a lot of white friends that are really, you know, taking offense to this. They can't say anything. And I can, I can understand their position. I'm not a white person. I'm an Asian American. So I can see the other side getting upset about it. I am not that way. Why do you generalize this thing? And that's uh. that's true of blacks too. And there's a lot of black people that are saying, you know, that's not, you know, what you should be talking about. Individualize each person is different. So if you're going to have a bad person, just point him or her out. So why do you generalize this thing? That's the problem most people are having with it. You're right. Thank you for the call, Don. Noah. Oh, um, well, I'm sorry. I kind of zoned out there for a minute. Well, back to your point about uh, Jennifer Conahan. You know, I certainly think she has a lot of aspirations. I, I love her to death. You know, I really wish I, I you know, I really wish that I would see more um, outreach into minority groups because I think she does have the capacity to do it. Uh, clearly, this is her first year, but I would like to see that as well. So. No, I, I mean, listen, I was very excited. I like Jennifer very she's a great person very yeah. personable um but i just i'm a little disappointed with what i'm seeing so far here's what you it's need to understand months. but again this is also this is also 5 months not not only that but you got to you got to look at what the role is you know i've i've talked to jennifer and i've had the same conversation with her that i've had with you guys today about the history of the republican mm-hmm. party's minority outreach yeah. and how it sucks right mm-hmm. so she understands the problem is is that and on top of being the person who understands that, she also has to have the traditional role of the chair of the Republican yeah. Party, which yeah. she has to fulfill, which includes, which includes defending the president of the United States yeah. and, and, and promoting her party. She can't take a contrarian stance as the chair of the Republican yeah. Party. See, but that's not, then that's not true. Then, that, then you're not being authentic. This, because before, I would hear her, 
here's the th- here's the thing. If you're gonna bash the other, if you're gonna bash Barack Obama for what you think that he does wrong, she, he's from she, the other party. But she said, but she thinks that. nothing Donald Trump has did says or does wrong at all. Her, her job, her is, job to not is to defend him. Yeah, now. exactly. Her job is to Ken defend. Martin. Ken Martin didn't do that. He didn't do that. He called out Barack Obama when he thought he was wrong. Seriously, we got more on the post show podcast. I want to thank <laughs> I want to thank Walter Hudson and Noah McCourt. Are you coming back next week? I am. What about you? Actually, you're not coming back next I week. I am. I, you are coming back next I week. I will be. Okay, okay. Uh, here I go. It's not like I was firing her. Stan, you'll be back. <laughs> 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 Thanks for having us, everybody. Uh, Priya, make sure you listen to the post show podcast, right? Because we got gangs to pick now. We do. Okay, so make sure we listen to everybody. Thanks for having us in your home this week. And talk to you next week. This is Priya, Sanzar, and Jamar Nelson, Black Republican, Black Democrat. Bye. Bye.